This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Romer Skincare. Based out of Chicago, Romer launched a work-from-home clean skincare line that covers all your skin needs. They prove that you don't need a million serums and eye creams to get better skin. Why we love them? Clean ingredients and effective results with just a simple three-step routine that you and even your partner can share. Right now, Romer Skincare is offering our listeners 15% off and a gift with your first purchase by using the code LISTENER15. That's code LISTENER15 on their website, Romer Skincare. Stay up to date on Romer Skincare by following them on Twitter and Instagram at Romer Skincare. That's R-O-M-E-R Skincare. Romer Skincare. No stress, no clutter, just happy skin. Hello and welcome to Yield Crime, where we discuss the funny, strange, and obscure crimes of yesteryear. I'm your host, Lindsay Valenti, and with me is my sister and co-host, Maddie Single. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah. Doing all right. Having some fun running errands in Wisconsin, seeing some funny stuff. Yeah, Maddie is recording this week from a new location, not her usual apartment. Yeah, I'm at, I'm at our parents' house in rural Wisconsin. Yarp. In a bedroom that was never ours, but is now kind of ours. All right. You excited for today's topic? I am. I'm ready to be surprised and spooked. All right. Today, we are going to be talking about Hovea Plague Island. Oh, yeah. I forgot about this. Ugh. Yeah. Very topical. Plague Island. Yes. Is it too soon? I don't know. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. I don't think there's going to be a lot of parallels with what's going on right now. Yeah, probably not. At least not in our country. Yeah. So information was pulled from the following sources. A 2020 All That's Interesting article by Genevieve Carlton. A 2020 Dark Tourist article. 2019 The Vintage News article by Nikola Bodanovic. A 2019 Ranker article by Cheryl Adams Rickoff. A 2016 Amusing Planet article by Kaushik Patawari. A Lux Adventure Traveler article by Jennifer Dombrowski. Atlas mm-hmm. Obscura and Wikipedia. Nice. I hit a lot Very of places. Thorough. Yes. Yeah. So links to all these articles will be included in the show notes. All right. So less than half a mile from Venice lies Povea, which is a small island in northern Italy located between Venice and Lido, in the Venetian Lagoon. Ooh, it sounds like it's a nice location. It sounds lovely. It sounds idyllic. Idyllic? But she would be wrong. Very wrong. <laughs> so sitting at just 17 acres in size. So it's very small. Yeah. It's divided into two smaller parts by a small canal. And okay. the island itself is first mentioned in historical records in the year 421 when people from Padua and Este fled to the tiny island to escape invasions by 
Alaric the Goth, and Attila the Hun in mainland Italy. Dang. Right? Bet you weren't expecting to hear about the Hun. No, I was not. And during the time of the Romans, the island was used to house plague victims. Great. In an effort to protect the rest of Italy. I mean, isolation. We've been doing it for a long time. Yep. So essentially forcing people to live and die on the island. Yeah. I didn't say it was good, but, you know. (laughs) No. Isolation still. We still practiced it. We're just way more humane now. Yeah, we don't just dump people on places. <laughs> We've got Prime. We don't just dump people places and be like, hashtag bye. Right. <laughs> so the population began to grow in the ninth century, and the island's importance in the uh, in the coming centuries grew along with it. The people of the island extracted salt, grew their own food, and of course fished because, duh, it's an island. Right. It was eventually governed by a dedicated podesta, which in the time of the late Middle Ages was one of the highest seats of civil office. Oh, okay. Kind of like a magistrate. All right. And in 1379, Venice was attacked by the Genoan fleet during the War of Chioggia, forcing the people of Povea to flee to Judeca, which is another island in the Venetian lagoon. Okay. And by the time the war ended three years later in 1381, Povea was little more than ruins with only a handful of people able to return to their former homes. I bet it would be hard to rebuild being on an island like that. Yeah. So because of that, the island remained abandoned for several centuries. Wow. And in 1527, Povea was offered to an order of Kamal Dali's monks who politely declined (laughs) the offer. I love that they were like, listen, there's a garbage island just over there. No resources, sometimes fish. All the salt you could want. I mean, is it moldy? Probably. (laughs) Does it sound like God's country? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Monk it up, friends. Right. You don't need nice things. You're monks. Supposed to live a simple and pious life. Yep. So from 1645 on, the Venetian government built five octagonal forts to protect and control the entrances to the lagoon. Okay. And the Povea octagon is one of four that still stands today. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. So they basically set up octagons on this and a few other islands as like stopping points for people who were were entering and leaving Italy. And also obviously to fight anybody who yeah was gonna attack they were like toll booths yep ye old stabby toll booths yep so the island of povea became a checkpoint for goods and people entering and leaving venice under the public health office in 1776 hey our the birth of our country yay america All traders were forced to live on the island for 40 days before being allowed into the city. But unlike the plague sufferers who would come, they actually had amazing accommodations where they could eat, drink, and communicate with the outside world via letters. So it's moving on up. Yep. Still a quarantine zone, but not as bad. Yep. Fun fact, the word quarantine comes from the Italian word for the number 40, which is quaranta. Oh, for 40 days. Yep. Ah, that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I saw that and was like, fun facts. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fact and it's fun. <laughs> Amidst all this shit. It's also current. <laughs> it's also timely. Take that, Twitter. 
fun facts in your face. (laughs) So by 1793, several cases of the plague were reported on two ships, turning the island into a temporary quarantine zone. So it's not fun anymore. Not fun anymore. Stop being fun. This is when the shit starts. Oh, right. So Povea was originally constructed on a permanent fortification by the Italian government. And from the years of 1805 to 1814, it was used as a plague quarantine zone, also referred to as a lazaretto under the orders of Napoleon Bonaparte. Hmm. Great. And what may not be as well known is the fact that there were other plague islands in the lagoon, such as Lazaretto Nuovo and Lazaretto Vecchio. So, for example, Lazaretto Vecchio has been thoroughly explored by archaeologists who believe around 500 people died there per day with the victims, including men, women and children. Yeah, that's the thing about disease. It doesn't really matter. Doesn't take into account who you are. Yeah. So during the time Povea was a plague zone, the dead quickly began to overcrowd the island. Thousands of plague victims were buried in large common graves and then burned to make room for more bodies. So nobody ever had a proper burial. No. Mm, That's really sad. Yep. And barges would travel from Venice piled high with the dead. Oh, so they would also bring additional dead bodies. Yep. Not just those on the island. Yep. Wow. And the people of Italy were understandably terrified of the plague. Yep. As are we. As are we. (laughs) Relevant. (laughs) Still a common fear. And anyone who showed the slightest inkling of being sick was shipped off to quarantine. And it's believed that many of the people who were basically banished to the island weren't infected at all. Yeah, probably not. And then they would become infected. Yep. In fact, people were often taken there kicking and screaming, knowing that they were being sent there to die. Yeah. Great. Yeah. It wasn't uncommon for those who were dying, but not yet dead, to be thrown in amongst the piles of corpses in the mass graves because they were too weak and sick to talk or move. And so they would probably just suffocate to death. Yep. Or be burned alive. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that one. Fuck. Jesus. So the island contains at least one, but more likely more, plague pits. National Geographic put forth an estimate that suggests over 100,000 people died on the island during the 12 years that it was a plague zone, while Atlas Obscura believes it to be as high as 160,000 people. Yeah, I believe it. Either number, honestly. Yep. You start to lose count when you start treating bodies in piles. Following the plague, Napoleon utilized the island as a means to store weapons and had the 12th century church that inhabited the island destroyed. Great. And the church bell tower converted to a lighthouse. Eh, I mean, nobody was using it. I mean, God obviously didn't live on that island anymore. Yeah, no shit. So you may be wondering why he chose to store weapons on Povea. Since the island was so small he figured it would be easily missed by his enemies looking for his weapon stash. Mm, Honestly, not bad. Unfortunately, the island was eventually found and several small battles took place there, adding to the number of the lives lost on the island. Of course. So let's defend. Thanks. So I have two more fun facts for you. Okay. Are they fun? The first one is. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Fun fact number one, 
Povea actually hosts a thriving vineyard that is only visited seasonally by the workers who harvest the grapes. And the grapes do so well on the island because of its ashy soil. Yeah. And it's actually believed that the composition of Povea is over 50% human ash. Yeah. So you're like, is it cannibal wine? Mm, no. Is it cannibal? <laughs> like, I hope they label it something fun. May contain human remains. Contains human tannins. Yeah. And the other fun fact, which is not such a fun fact, <laughs> is that human bones continue to wash ashore even centuries later. And it's so bad that fishermen steer clear of the island entirely to avoid snagging them in their nets. Great. Yeah, I bet that would be pretty hard to uh, explain away, even if you were yep. fishing close by. Hey, George, why is that uh, spine, that human spine in your net? <laughs> it's like sharks i don't know <laughs> yeah the plague we are by the, the murder island basically so right. napoleon <laughs> bones apart yeah i see it that was a pun mm -hmm. so probably not surprising povea is considered one of the most haunted locations in italy yeah and in fact, it's actually illegal to visit. It's crazy. Why is it illegal? It's illegal to go there because a lot of the ruins, because the soil is so ashy, a lot of the buildings that are still on the island are kind of like sinking and crumbling. Oh. So a lot of it is like a safety hazard, but also they just don't want people going on the island because in essence, it's just like a mess grave so is it private is it private or is it owned by the country of italy it is owned by italy right now okay i did read an article because i know somebody wanted to buy it yes right it's been i think it's been bought and sold a couple times because i did see an article from like 2004 where the island was bought i didn't read too much into it because i was like well that's not really relevant to what i'm gonna be talking about yeah. but in one of the articles that i read they talked about how there's um, this architecture firm that is looking at seeing if there's a way they can rebuild on the island and turn it into a university. No. I was like, you mean like Arkham? <laughs> like, Seriously. <laughs> oh my God, no. And then summon the Kraken. And <laughs> right. Like the only major is uh, there's like herbology. <laughs> it's just Hogwarts. It's like herbology and like psychiatry and that's it. Maybe some pharmaceuticals. Speaking of psychiatry. Oh, God. Uh, with all the death on the island, not to mention the mental hospital that was later built and run on the island in the 1920s. Perfect. If you weren't seeing things before, you definitely were later. Yeah. I'm not going to go too much into it because it was from the 1920s. But basically, um, there was a doctor that operated on the island who... Um, like to do lots of fun experiments with the patients. Yeah. With like lobotomies and stuff. Sure, why not? And um, being that the island is haunted, a lot of the people who are part of the mental hospital would talk about seeing and hearing things. But of course, if they're in a mental hospital, you're not going to believe them. You're just going to believe it's their psychosis. Yep. So it's no wonder that people have reported strange occurrences. 
Mm-hmm. And one of the most common reports is the screams you can still hear from the abandoned plague victims. Great. Cool, 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 cool. Yep. And for those who have braved the island, all who travel there report the sensation of being watched, while others share that they've been scratched and pushed by unseen forces. And depending on where you go on the island, the ruins of the mental hospital are still there. Obviously, one of the forts, the fortresses is still there. Mm -hmm. So some of these entities will actually chase visitors down corridors or push them into walls. Great. Yeah. So if you if you weren't considered crazy, like, quote unquote, crazy, quote unquote, insane, Mm -hmm. that place would definitely make you insane. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Great. So those brave enough to explore the ruins of the mental hospital report seeing dark shadows and feeling a malevolent presence following them. Great. Not to mention, most report hearing a deep voice saying, leave immediately and do not return. I mean, at least uh, they're, you know, concise. <laughs> what? No. So the hospital's bell tower also holds its own unique legend. As I mentioned, the sadistic doctor who used to experiment on his patients. Uh-huh. It's believed that some of his patients actually threw him off the top of the bell tower, while others <laughs> believe he was bricked up in the walls of it. I mean, either way, sounds like he kind of got what he deserved a little bit. Yep. And locals believe his spirit continues to roam the tower. That's a sucks to be him. Because I guess the bell will ring periodically and it's not supposed to. No, I don't like that. Yep. You know, that would make more sense if he was like bricked in. Yeah. That could be one of the last things he did as like a last ditch effort to get help. Maybe. It's like ring the bell. So one of the. I would say most terrifying reports comes from a family who looked to purchase the island after the mental hospital shut down in 1968. As they settled in on their first day, all seemed fine. But as soon as night hit the island, they were assaulted by such terrors that they fled never to return. The cause of it was that the family reported an evil entity nearly ripped off their daughter's face. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, did it do some of it? They didn't, like, I couldn't find any pictures or anything, oh. but they but they said that, like, yeah, it almost ripped her entire face off. Fuck. No, no, thank you. Yep. So regardless of what you believe, whether you believe it's haunted or not, just don't. There's definitely a reason that Povea continues to be a location that should be avoided at all costs. Yeah. Not just because it's illegal to go there. Right. No, no, thank you. Yep. Ugh. Great. So, road trip? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) I don't think I'd trust any wine from there, too. Yeah. As soon as they say that, I'll be like, no, thank you. (laughs) I don't drink. Please get that away from me. So, as you can imagine, um, because of who he is, Ghost Adventures. Oh, Zach Baggins. Yeah, they went to the island. I'll include a link to like a their episode. It's not their full episode, but it's like a highlights type of thing on YouTube where they kind of go through what they did when they were there. Huh. So crazy. I'm sure they caught something because, you know, he likes to yell at ghosts until they interact with him. So that's true. 
I love that that he yells at them, and then when they actually do stuff, he gets really scared. Yeah, it's like I know that's that's a knee jerk, like that's a human reaction. Yeah, but at the same time, like maybe not yell as loud mm-hmm. or be as rude. <laughs> and the demon will only scratch twice, not for like a whole claw. <laughs> yeah, maybe on. don't be a jerk to dead people who like right. suffered and died there. Right. I wouldn't want to talk to him. You just want to be left alone. Yeah. I wouldn't want to talk to him in his goofy ass glasses. His bedazzled pants. His hot topic pants. Yeah. You don't need to sponsor us, Hot Topic. <laughs> Those ships have sailed. Yes. So this week's podcast plug. Yes. Is the podcast Anxious and Afraid. The very top, very on point with us. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay. And this show is hosted by Shauna and Abby, and they're really funny. They're also way more professional than we are because they actually have a crew (laughs) that helps them with their podcast. Hey, you know, we'll get there someday. 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 Someday Someday we'll fire Smooch and actually hire someone. That has opposable thumbs. Yeah. And doesn't meow all the time. Nice. So they're very professional. Yep. And their podcast is very funny. So you should definitely check nice. it out. Anxious and afraid. Yep. We will include a link in the show notes. Nice. Are you ready for this week's listener story? I think so. It is pretty fucked up. Okay. So mm-hmm. this week's episode, uh, listener story comes from Allie of the Taboos podcast. Okay. She says, to set the scene, it was summer. I was 12. Oh, no. And on a camping trip. At my friend's family's campsite by Potawatomi State Park. She said it's a beautiful area. Yeah, I'm sure most creepy places are pretty. Yeah. Until you get murdered. (laughs) So, and then she says, my friend, let's call her S. Okay. And two other girls who had become our friends due to having the site next to ours and myself decided to sleep in a tent one night as opposed to the camper. Makes sense if it's pretty and nice and there are stars out. And it was set up about 20 yards from the camper. Okay, so not too far. She says, we had been in the tent for around an hour or so. It was dark at this point. And suddenly someone began running around the tent. They ran at one consistent pace. Their shadow on the tent never changed in size. Oh. This went on for a few minutes. No. We figured it was S's older sister and her friends pranking us. So we told them to knock it off and go away. They didn't listen. They just kept running. No. (laughs) We chose to ignore them. It went on for about 10 more minutes, and we were annoyed enough to get out of the tent and go yell at them. 15 minutes of consistent running. Yes. No. Yeah. No. Except when we were out, there was no one there. (sighs) We checked behind the trees. Nothing. It was too clear of a space for anyone to have hidden efficiently that quickly. Yep. She says, still, we shrug it off and get back in the tent. As 12-year-olds do. Yeah. Like, I'm not scared. (laughs) The shadow is back immediately. Same pace, same size. It just keeps running. Oh, my God. After a bit more, we climb out again, this time armed with whatever we could find in the tent and weapons. (laughs) Like, she says, hairbrushes and such. Of course. No one is there. We climb back in with the last bit of hope that it's just a prank dwindling. It's back. Oh, my God. 
The shadow runs around our tent for hours. It slowly begins to feel different and menacing. The pace never changes. It never stops. Oh, my God. And she says, I'm not sure if the fact that it looked human made it better or worse. Yeah, I don't know about that. Our tent lantern is going out and we know we don't want to be there when it does. Nope. We bust out of the tent and run as fast as we can to the camper, throwing open the door and scaring the piss out of the brother that was asleep on the couch. (laughs) He asks us what's wrong. There's a knock on the door and the lights flicker. He checks and of course, there's no one there. (gasps) And that's the end of her story. No. Oh, man. I wonder what that was. Right? Yeah, she sent me this over um, DM, and I was reading it, and I was just like, goosebumps all up my arms. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm just like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, no. No. To all of that. I don't like camping anyway. It's not my jam. We weren't raised camping. But that wasn't something that we... Definitely 1,000% would not want to camp after reading that. No. No. Nope. Nope. No, thank you. Wow. I wonder what that was. A demon. (laughs) (laughs) A thousand percent a demon. Either that or it could have been like, you know, a menacing like native spirit that just didn't want white people hanging out in its area. Poltergeist. I mean, they've got their own sort of protections too, I guess. That's true. Terrifying. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. But like also no thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, Allie. (laughs) Gosh. Wow. Hey, it's your turn this week to tell another story. Ghost story. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. So we'll need your input on this one, too, because this is eventually this is actually um, something that we both experienced, but we didn't know we both experienced until like, I don't know, like 15 years later. Yeah, at least something like that. So uh, we were at my cousin's house. We had stayed the night. I'm not sure why. I think it was just for fun. Like it was after a holiday. It was after Thanksgiving. I feel like it was something where the weather was bad and it was unsafe to go home. Like I don't, I don't feel like we were planning to stay. Okay. I feel like it was something where we ended up staying because Are you sure because mom and dad weren't there. I think it was something where <laughs> asked us to stay the night. Maybe I, I don't. I don't remember those details. I just remember okay. the details well, I, I of the of the event. I, I think that's what it was because um, we were like hanging out. Mm-hmm. Um, Actually, the thing I remember is um, getting like a comfort a slice of comfort pie after the morning after it happened. Um, yeah, I think that's why I'm like, oh, it was like Thanksgiving because we only have that. Or during didn't we have like Snicker salad or something like that? Something, but uh, uh, Snicker salad for people that don't know what Snicker salad is. Oh my god, it's Please. like sliced grapes and like cocktail fruit. So like apples. This one didn't have cocktail fruit in it. <laughs> no. <laughs> But it was like grapes, apples, and Snickers, right? And then it was like... Pudding mix. Pudding mix with whipped cream. Yeah. So, yeah, there was nothing salad-like about it, but that's what they call it. But anyway, we... So she lived in this really, really old house. And it was a house that had a basement that we never went into that I was always afraid of. Like, it was from... The basement door was from the kitchen. And I just remember, like, never liking it. I never liked that space and Mm -mm. the attic too. I always, I didn't want to go because I had toys up in the attic because it was like fully furnished and finished, but I never liked playing up there. I just didn't 
feel comfortable. So we like spent a whole day and it was time to go to bed and we stayed the night in our cousin's room and there was, there was two beds. So there was a, like a full bed and then a twin. And so our cousin slept on the twin bed that was faced. So like if it's a rectangular room, it was faced parallel to the first door to the kitchen. And then our bed was faced in the opposite direction um, with the foot of the bed facing the door on the other side. So there were, there were two doorways. Yeah, that that sounds about right. It was one door that would lead up to the attic but that led open to the hallway to get to the attic or the other door was to the kitchen. That's right. That's that's how you would get out. Yep. We went to bed, no problem, nothing was wrong. And then kind of out of nowhere I got a weird feeling and I woke up and I saw a boy and a girl standing next to the door where the attic was. And they were in like old timey clothing. Like I remember the boy had like some sort of overall thing. And I remember the girl having like like this really intricate dress and they were holding hands, staring at us. Like, well, staring at me because they they, they like knew that I could see them. Yep. And so there was a, a long pause of us just like staring each other down. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know how long it was. It felt like forever. But then all of a sudden the girl turns and looks at and breaks away from the brother, slowly walks to where our cousin was sleeping, climbed up into her bed and laid next to her. Oh, and fuck. Fuck yeah. no. Fuck that. Yeah. So she like was cuddling her. Oh my God. And then I saw the boy turn and face you walk next to where you were on the bed and he laid on the bed next to you. And it it was at that moment, I like lost it. I I was shutting, I shut my eyes and I was like counting and like trying to make them go away. And I opened my eyes and they were still there. Fuck. They were still there, like just hanging out, laying down. And so finally I couldn't stand it anymore. And I had gone, I got up and I got out and our aunt was still watching TV. And I was like, can I just be out here with you for a while? And I like, didn't sleep at all that night. Like I think I stayed out with her as long as I could. And then I eventually (laughs) went back into the room and like laid down and pretended to sleep, but I was just exhausted the next day. And I couldn't, I couldn't believe how vivid they were. Like it, they, and they were so solid too. Mm -hmm. Like, but what creeped me out is they, they completely lacked color. Oh yeah. Yeah. They were like completely grayscale. Yeah. Yeah. But I will never, I will never forget it. And I don't think I have ever stayed in that house since. And you cannot pay me enough to stay there again. Like I, it was too creepy. Yeah. So what was your, I know you saw them too, but in a different Mm -hmm. context that same night. I must have seen them before they laid down. So I must have seen it. I must have seen them before you did. Because what I remember is waking up because, I mean, even though it was kind of cool in the room to begin with, because, you know, it was... They were cold. It was... It got really cold. Yeah. They were very cold. Like, I woke up and was like, it's really cold in here. Like, I was... And I thought because we were sharing a bed that maybe you had taken the blanket or something. Yeah, of course, as you do. I woke up and I was like, no, I'm still covered by the blanket, but it's really cold. And I looked to, like, the foot of the bed and that's where they were. Like, they were both just standing there, like, looking at us. Yeah. And yeah, it was a boy. I couldn't tell you how old they were. Like, no, he, he might've been, they were in their teens. 
He, yeah, he might have been in his early teens, like 14, maybe. I was thinking like 10, or, 10 and 12. Like they, they still seemed relatively young. Yeah. I thought she was maybe even younger, like eight, like yeah. maybe eight and 10 or eight and 12. I don't know. He had like a long, when I saw him, he had like a long sleeve white shirt with like a few, with, like a Henley type shirt with like a few of the buttons yep. that would button up at the top. Yep. And yeah, like corduroy type overalls. Like some sort of overalls. Yeah. I can't whether, remember what they were. Yeah. It was like corduroy or it was something kind of like that where it was like, like overalls you would wear when you were working. Yep. Not just like everyday wear. Yep. Um, and he had kind of shorter hair. Yep. They were, I remember them as being both blonde. Do you? Yeah. Or like light hair. Yeah. Like lighter hair. Yep. I can't remember what her hair looked like specifically. Wasn't it like no. shoulder length kind of something like that? I think so. And it was, it was up somehow. Like it, there was some sort of, it was nice. So I don't like updo type of thing. Yeah. Something. Not like a fancy updo, but it was tied no. back somehow. Yeah, she was wearing not really a peasant dress, but it was, I can't really describe it, but it was. No. Yeah, like it had like a bunch of like. There were details on it. Like ruffles and like. Yes. Kind of like, like lacy type stuff on the front. Like it was very. It almost looked like a church dress. Yeah, it was very old fashioned. It was. Like something you would wear to a a nicer event. Yeah, like something you would wear to church or something. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, they were just standing at the foot of the bed. From the angle that I saw them, they were like from the chest, like maybe like the stomach up. Yeah. So I couldn't see if they were holding hands or not. So but it they sounds were, like they, mm-hmm. they were closer when you saw them. Yeah, they were closer. Because they like they were at the doorway when I saw them. So yeah, so they were like right at the foot of the bed. And they were standing there kind of looking at us. And I remember doing kind of a similar thing. Like I stared at them. Yeah. And then kind of closed my eyes for a little bit. And then I opened them again and they were still there. Yeah. And I kind of looked over and you were still sleeping. Yep. So this had to have been before you saw them and left the room. Yep. Um, I saw them look over at Yeah. They like looked over at her, but they didn't go over to where she was sleeping. They actually mm-hmm. like walked over to your side of the bed where you were sleeping. Oh. And they were like looking down at you. The little girl in particular was like looking at you. And I remember her reaching out like she was going to like touch your hair. Oh my God. Or like, or like move your hair or something. And I was like, don't do that. And then she like stopped pulled her hand back, and they both turned and walked away. And that might have been why when you woke up and saw them by the door. Maybe. Yeah. Because I even, like, I heard their footsteps. Yes. You could hear them walking. Yep. Yes. Because they, they they sounded like, like the boy sounded like he had heavy boots. Mm-hmm. And she had those nice, like, almost tap. Like Mary Jane type shoes. Yes. Like the, the hard plastic yep. shoes. And, yeah. you know, that where they're from is actually like an old Dutch community. Yep. It's entirely possible. They're like, they're just Dutch children, Mm -hmm. but not the racist kind with the wooden shoes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They had Mary Jane's. Okay. It was fine. Yeah, it was fine. But yeah, I I will never forget that. Cause, and I, I just, I knew they were there afterwards. Like I, like they're, they're in the attic. I'm, I'm almost positive. They came from the attic. Oh my God. The flowers in the attic. Only, only not sexy. Not that incest is sexy. 
No. Your gross VC Andrews. Burn it with fire. <laughs> oh, God. Burn it down. But what I was going to say is I'm pretty sure if you did see them after I was done seeing them, that would make sense because I think what I did after that was I turned back over and pretended to be asleep. Yeah, because you were I turned on on your side, and when he went to lay down, he was facing you. <laughs> oh fuck! I Honestly. must have fallen. I must have fallen back asleep then, because I, I would have woken up if there was a ghost boy sitting laying next to me with his face real close to mine. Yeah, this isn't some Casper shit. No, you ain't no Devin Sawa. Get the fuck out of my face! I know. I but I I looked at because he laid parallel next to you, facing you, and sh- and she went and laid and like was the big spoon. Oh, fuck. Our cousin. Fuck. Yeah. No. Yep. Don't like it. Nope. But yeah, that's, I think that's probably my scariest story because it's the most activity like I've ever really experienced to the point where like I saw them and I closed my eyes. I waited and I opened my eyes and they were still there and I could hear them and I could feel them afterwards too. They were, they were real. They were really strong. Ghosts. Yeah, they must have had they strong. Didn't, they didn't feel malicious, but it was it was too strange. I feel like they must have some strong ties to that house in particular. Yep. And I wasn't necessarily scared of them. I just knew that they shouldn't be there. Yeah. Like like it was just weird that they were there, and it yeah. was uncomfortable because it was cold. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think more like childlike curiosity type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't see. It didn't. They didn't seem malicious or pranksterish or anything no. it was just they were just there just curious but yeah you couldn't pay me to stay in that house again no 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 all right so on that note what's a good thing for this <laughs> um good thing this week the episode i did with josh from four nerds by nerds came out this week yeah and I will include a link to it in the show notes. It was okay. really fun. We spent no shit like an hour talking about werewolves. Nice. And uh, I get super nerdy about Harry Potter. So yeah, yeah. If you like Harry Potter, maybe check it out. If you nice. like werewolves, maybe check it out. Awesome, fun. Yep. And I'm gonna see you on Sunday. Yeah, so, I'm really excited. That's something good that hasn't happened yet, but will happen in the future. Yes. How about you? Oh, my thing just happened, actually. So my boyfriend um, just got into a a college program that he really wanted to get into. And so he doesn't, he's not big on celebrating. I think it's embarrassing for him. But so I had just planned on like, I asked mom to make like a pot roast, just like a nice dinner. Mm Mm-hmm. We're um we're here just kind of visiting, and we went to the store, and I found this cake that's a bald eagle <laughs> flying over mountains, <laughs> and it was surrounded by Elsa and flower cakes. So it was it was just there, and like mm-hmm. my boyfriend's a veteran, and he's very patriotic, and so I was like, I have to give him this cake, like. <laughs> I just have to, I have to get in this cake. And so I'll take a picture of it so we can put it on our Instagram, but it is the funniest cake I've ever seen in my life. Like I have never, I've never seen a bald eagle cake. I have never seen a bald eagle on a cake ever. It's, it's not even, it's not patriotic. Like it's, (laughs) it's like a blue sky with like blue mountains and this like sugared eagle. (laughs) And it's just, 
it's the best thing. So I'm that's really amazing. Excited. I'm really excited to eat it. And um, it's going to taste like freedom. Oh my God. It, <laughs> well, it, and I thought it was one of the only cakes that was made with buttercream, which I thought was perfect. That's amazing. Yeah. So we're going to have a freedom cake tomorrow and I'll take a picture of it so we can put it on the Instagram because it's the funniest thing I think I've ever seen in my life. That's amazing. Yeah. It's like a sugar bald eagle and it takes up like, like it's wingspan is like almost all of the cake. Oh my God. I can't wait to see this cake. <laughs> no, I know. And I had just gotten it before we started recording and I was just like, Lindsay, like, I, we have to wait. Like, I need to buy this. So that we like we need to wait. It was but, worth the wait. Now that I know why you have me waiting. Yeah. It's because I was buying a freedom cake. I want a piece of the freedom cake when I see you on Sunday. Yeah. I'll get you. A, I'll get you a slice of the freedom cake. Sweet. So yeah, that's my good thing. Awesome. Shall we? Shall we shall. All right. You can find us online at yeoldcrimepodcast.com. We're also on Twitter at yeoldcrimepod and on Instagram at yeoldcrimepodcast. If you want to reach out to us. Don't. Just kidding. <laughs> what? <laughs> you can email us at yeoldcrimepodcast at gmail.com. If you feel so inclined, we would really appreciate your support through a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. We've mentioned our not-so-secret folder a million and one times, but <laughs> besides that, it really does help us out um, yep. as far as being discovered, as far as helping get the word out. So thank you for that. And if you want to support us for as low as $5 a month, you can become a member of our Patreon. Mm-hmm. We offer exclusive content on there, uh, video outtakes that we don't share anywhere else. Yep. So if you want to see our dopey ass faces <laughs> and hear some of the funny shit that we say that does not make it into the episode. Oh, man, there's so much. Um, there's some gems that you can check out for five dollars a month, as well as get early access to episodes and ad free episodes, because we have now started incorporating at least one ad in each episode. So yep. moving on it. So that's another perk for you. We also have our buy me a coffee account. If you want to just do like a one time good job type of donation, we also mm-hmm. really appreciate support through that as well. Yep. And last but not least, we officially launched our YouTube channel this past week. Eee! So all of our episodes are up on YouTube as audiograms. Yep. So you can listen to our podcast from the very beginning with all of the horrible audio <laughs> up through now. And we will be updating that every Wednesday. So they won't be updated right away in the morning how it would normally be dropped because it takes me a while to make the video. It's fair. But every Wednesday, I'm hoping to have it done by noon. We will have the newest episode on our YouTube channel. Nice. And you can find it just by searching for Yield Crime Podcast. Awesome. And on that note, as always, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Madison. And we'll see you next time with another tale as old as crime. <laughs>